Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin Lahul Hamdul Hasan Wa Thanaul Jamil Wa Ashadu An La Ilaha Illallah Wahdahu La Sharika Lah Wa Ashadu Anna Sayyidina Wa Nabiyyana Muhammad Sallallahu Alayhi Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabihi Wa Tabi'in Lahum Bi Ihsan Ila Yawmid Deen Amma Ba'd One fascinating thing that I mentioned last lesson but some of you were not here to hear that benefit was that Imam Malik Rahimahullah one of the miracles that were mentioned about his biography was that his mother was pregnant four years. He was in his mother's womb for four years, Imam Malik. Four years his mother was carrying him. One of the gharaib that nearly all of the historians that spoke about his biography they mentioned. Four years she was carrying his mother. Are we all together brothers? It's gharib. So Imam Malik Rahimahullah is the first person we're going to take and the way that we're going to speak his book is in the following way. So we're going to speak about the Muwatta. Has everybody here heard about the Muwatta? Has everyone here heard about the Muwatta of Imam Malik? So inshallah ta'ala today, you're going to learn a bit more about the book. You're going to learn the following ways. Number one. You're going to learn Sababu Tasmiyatihi. Why did he call it Muwatta? Why is it called Muwatta? Okay. Number two. Mawdu'uhu. What does it deal with? What does this book tackle? What type of hadith book is it? Number three. Adadu ahadithihi. How much number of ahadiths are in there? Number four, the grading, Martabatu Ahadithihi, the, the grading and the level of the Ahadith in Muatta Imam Malik. And last but not least, Min Ahammi Shuruh Muatta, the most prominent. Books written explaining the Muatta of Imam Malik. Five points that we'll take, inshallah ta'ala, regarding the Muatta of Imam Malik. Why did he call it Muatta? Number two, what does the Muatta tackle? Remember, books of hadith are different types. What does it deal with? What does it discuss? Let's talk about that. Number three, how many ahadiths are in there? Number four, Imam Malik's Muatta. Is it considered to be from one of the authentic books? Or is it considered to be from the lowest, weakest books of hadith? Or is it in the middle? What grade, what level have the scholars given it? And number five, what are the most prominent, the most well-known books that explain the Muatta of Imam Malik? If I wanted to read that book, what is the best explanation to get? Okay, five important points that you have to know about Muatta of Imam Malik. So let's start with the first one, inshallah ta'ala. So first of all, let's talk about the author quickly, uh, Al-Imamu 
Malik. Anyone know um, Imam Malik, uh, his name? Malik ibn? So Imam Malik ibn Anas, right? Okay, we're not going to go too much into it. So his name is Imam Malik, Malik ibn Anas. And he's from the people of Al-Asbahi. Okay? Asbahiyu. Okay? That's the people he is from. Rahimahullah ta'ala. He's known as Imam Darul Hijrah. The Imam of Darul Hijrah. Darul Hijrah means what? Medina. Medina was a place that the Prophet migrated to. So he was the Imam of that place. When we say Imam, is that he was the most respected man in Medina. Okay? Who? Imamu? Mali. Um, Al-Imam al-Dhahabiyu, when he spoke about Al-Imam Malik, he referred to him as what? And it's good to memorize this. He called him, Al-Imam al-Dhahabiyu, he called, he said, Al-Imam. He said, Al-Hafidh. He's a Hafidh. Faqih. He's a Faqih. Of what? Al-Ummah. Faqih of this Ummah. And he's also what? He said he's Shaykh Al-Islam. These are the titles that Dahabi gave to him. In his Seerah Alam Al-Nubala. I mean his Kitab Tathkirah Al-Huffad, sorry. In his Kitab Tathkirah Al-Huffad. He called him Al-Imam, Al-Hafid, Faqih of this Ummah. Shaykh Al-Islam. These are big titles. These are all praise. These are all what? These are all praise. The Habi saying this. Imam Dahabi. Are we all together, brothers? So Imam Malik is somebody else. He's the teacher of who? Imam Shafi'i. Shafi'i took knowledge from Imam Malik. The first point, inshallah ta'ala, regarding the Muwatta now. Okay? Regarding the, the Muwatta. When was Imam Malik? When did he die? Yeah? What did we mention? We said in 179 he died. Al Imam Malik, when did he die? 179. That's what we said. Last lesson we mentioned it. Memorize the, the dates of the scholars when they died. So now we're going to speak about the Muwatta. Why did he give it this name? What is this name? What does it actually mean? The word Muwatta. Why did he give it that name? He called it that name for two reasons. Number one, are you with me, brothers? He called it Muwatta, number one, He simplified the hadith in it. The word Wattaa in the Arabic language is easy, simplicity. So the first reason why he called it Muwatta is because he made, where did he make it? He made the hadith easy for the people. They can easily approach it if they want to. Are you with me, brothers? And the second reason why he called it is because which is another meaning in the word, which is that the scholars of Medina agreed with him in this book. And he called it Muwatta because of that. The scholars of what? Medina. They all agreed with him on this book. When they read it, they all praised it. They all agreed with him on it. 
on it. And they all started to what? The great Abbasi leader, the Khalifa of the Abbasi, Abi Ja'far ibn Mansur, Abi Ja'far ibn Mansur, Abi Ja'far ibn Mansur, pay attention to this benefit. He called Imam Malik. Ibn Abdul Barr mentions this in his kitab, Jami' Bayan al Ilm wa Fadli. He called Al Imam Malik and he said to him, I'm going to take your book and I'm going to make it the constitution of the country. The fiqh that's in this book is what we're going to use it in the courts. Brothers, pay attention. And if anybody goes against it, they're going to be imprisoned. So this is the, all the other fatwas out there, we're going to abol- abolish it. And we're going to use your book, the muwatta, as the reference point. Are we all together, brothers? Guess what Imam Malik said? Humble, sincere man. He said, I don't like that opinion. Why? Because he doesn't like everyone forced on his opinion. My way or the highway? No. It's a fiqh issue. He said that the views out there that have come from other scholars are also present. There are other views that are valid. Shafi'i has said others. Abdurrahman Mahdi has other views. Laytham ibn Sa'ad has other views. There are other fiqh views held by other great scholars of the Sunnah. We're talking about fiqh issues, not aqidah issues, by the way. We're talking about fiqh issues. Because the Muwatta is a fiqh book. He said, I don't want to force everybody to take my book as a reference point where they all have to follow it. Are we all together? Because his book is not the Quran, it's not a divine book where everybody has to submit to it, everybody has to follow it. Because in that book, there are what? His own views. He states in that book his views. Are we all together? And you know what Imam Ibn Abdul Barr says right after that when he brings the story of Imam Malik and Abi Ja'far ibn Mansur, what they said to each other? He said that today this is very little that you find it in a person who's got knowledge, who accepts, who accepts indifference of opinion in issues of fiqh where there are valid difference of opinion. To say, well, I won't force my opinion on you. Ahmad ibn Hanbali, he said, لا ينبغي للفقيه أن يحمل الناس على مذهبي. It is not befitting for a person who studied fiqh, who grounded himself on fiqh, to force everybody on his view. Are we all together, brothers? It's not. It's not right. If you studied fiqh, what we're talking about, remember this point, I keep mentioning it again, we're talking about matters which there are valid differences of opinion. Are we all together? Not every issue of fiqh, by the way, can we differ on. Are we all together? Isn't salah a fiqh issue? But can we differ on whether the salah is obligatory or not? Can we differ on that? No, we can't. But we can differ on whether should you go on your knees first or your hands first when you go to the sujood. There are, that's a valid difference of opinion. One may be right and the other one may be wrong, but again, it's a valid difference of opinion. Whether you're going to put your hand on your chest or you're going to put it on your stomach or you're going to put it... Oh, this is valid difference of opinion. Are we all together, brothers? That is all valid difference of opinion. Yes, there might be one right to you after you looked at the research. Moving your fingers into, in the tashahud, that's a valid difference of opinion. Are we all together? You can discuss it amongst yourselves. I'm right, you're wrong, you can discuss it. But after you leave each other, there should not be in your heart towards one another what? Hate and what? Because these are valid difference of opinion. Are we all together? But not every fiqh issue can we have difference of opinion. Are we all together? Does that make sense? No. 
Ah, it's called it's different. Awqat to salah, when does Duhur come in, when does Asr come in, and when does, what's the right view, when is, what is not, that Hanaf believes something different to this and that. There are differences of opinions. What is understood from this particular hadith, it is. But no one says Duhur is not wajib, and no one says Asr is not wajib. You see, there is a stronger opinion, but it's not necessarily that because it's strong to you that it's strong to other scholars. Are we all together, brothers? So let's. وليس كل خلاف جاء معتبرا إلا ما كان له حظ من النظر. Not every difference of opinion, by the way, that comes in the religion, do we also give it weight? There are some difference of opinion, we don't give it any weight. Like for example, Al Imam Shawkani, rahimahullah, he gave the fatwa of the permissibility of smoking. Can somebody come and say Muhammad ibn Ali Shawkani, the author of the Kitab Al-Durr al-Bahiyya fi Masail al-Fiqiyya, he said that it's permissible to smoke. Huh? Do we give that verdict a weight? No, we don't give it no weight. Are we all together, brothers? Does that make sense? We say that smoking is a haram because it goes against a nas which is sarih. These nusus it goes against. Are you with me? And Shokani's time, the smoking, the out, the effects that he had was not realized yet. Are you with me, brothers? So he gave based on whatever he had. Are we all together, brothers? So, Imam Malik, rahimahullah, why did he call his kitab Al-Muatta? Lisababaini. We said two reasons. Amali Amraini. The first one is, he made it easy for the people. The second one was what? The scholars agreed with him on this book. Walidalika, what did we say is the most authentic book? What is the most authentic book? Huh? Sahih al-Bukhari. But why did Imam Shafi'i say, Ma ra'aytu tahta adim al-sama'i kitabun asahu min kitab al-muatta? Why did Bukhari, why did Shafi'i say that? I have not seen under the sky a book more authentic after the book of Allah than the muatta of Imam Malik. Huh? Bukhari hasn't come yet. Tricky question, huh? Imam Bukhari hasn't come yet. Bukhari came after the four Imams. Are we all together? The four madhabs that we follow today, Bukhari came after all of that. Does that make sense? So Shafi'i's time, what was the most authentic book? Muatta of Imam Malik. Bukhari, when did it come? It came after that. Look at Imam Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala. This shows the humility and the humbleness of the... And Imam Malik, he said, when I authored my book, my Muatta, he said, I presented my muatta to 70 fuqaha jurists. Each one, read it. What do you think? Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. He's an imam himself. But he gave, he came to the scholars of his time and he presented it to them. Min fuqaha il madinati. Fakulluhum, all of them. What did he say? They all agreed with me in my book, Fasamaytu. So, because of that, I called it Muatta. Are we all together, brothers? This shows us another important thing, which is how it's important to always reference the scholars and always to go back to the people of knowledge. However much you think you know something, not to leave the surroundings and then what? The scholars. And to make the scholars your reference point. That's vital. Brothers, this is a very important issue. Especially the people who's aged in knowledge. Their beards have become what? 
white. Salaf, they used to say, Al-Barakatu Ma'a Kabirikum. The Barakah is with who? It's with the senior. Who is it with? It's with the elder ones. Are we all together, brothers? That's important that we understand that. He gave it to 70 of the most noble fuqaha of Medina and he said to each and every one of them, look at my book. Second point, what does this book deal with? This book, it talks about number one, write it down yourselves. The statements of the companions. This book has the statements of the companions. Sorry, first of all, let's, let's do it in order. It has the hadith of the Prophet. It has the hadith of the Prophet Number one. Number two, it has the statements and the verdicts of the companions. The statements and the verdicts. Aqwal as-sahaba. The verdicts, the speeches of the companions and their verdicts. Number three, the speech or the statements of the tabi'een and their verdicts. It's in this book. Are we all together? So it consists of three things. Number one, the hadiths of the Prophet. Number two, the statements and the verdicts of the companions. Number three, the statements and the verdicts of the tabi'een. That's the mawdu of the book. Are we all together, brothers? Sahih al-Bukhari, does it deal with the companion statements and the tabi'een? No, that's not his book. Sahih al-Bukhari, mawqufat and maqtu'at are not from the shurut of Imam al-Bukhari. Are we all together? Sahih al-Bukhari, la. Sahih al-Bukhari is only the Prophet's statements. Only the Prophet's actions. Only the Prophet's consent. Only the Prophet, the way he looked. And etc. Just pertaining to the Prophet. Like when you read Imam Muattab, Imam Malik, what do you do? You get the other two. How many, uh, now we're going to go to the third point. How many ahadiths are in there? Are we all together? You see, the muwatta of Imam Malik, the people who narrated from Imam Malik are a lot. They are what? There are a lot of ruwat, students that took from him. Does that make sense, brothers? So each of those copies, they have different numbers. Why do they have different numbers? Because Malik was changing his book. He was adding things onto it. He was taken away from it. And this shows you, number one, that the only book that's complete and correct and authentic is what? The Quran. Every other book is open for changing and correction. Allah's book is not. And this is the only unique book that has these characteristics. That doesn't require changing and alteration. It doesn't require any of that. Number two, it shows you that the people's knowledge should grow. I will together, brothers. If you wrote a book and you still think what you wrote was good, then that means you, haven't, you have not increased in your knowledge. You gave a lecture. You should be able to hear your lecture and say, Oh, I wish I said this. Oh, I wish I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. Why? Because your knowledge and your experience and your age is growing. So every day you're seeing the faults and the mistakes in your own works. And it's one of the signs of when people's knowledge grows. But the book, the, the, the narration that we're going to focus on is the most common, well-known riwayah of Muatta Imam, Imam Malik. 
and this is the riwayah. It's called the riwayah. Riwayah means narration. A lot of people took it from Imam Malik, but the one that we're going to use is the which one? Yahya Ibn Yahya Al-Laythiyu. This is the riwayah that is the most common riwayah. It's the most famous copy. This is the one that when we speak about it later, Ibn Abdul Bar in his Kitab at Tamheed and his Tithkar, he explained the riwayah of Riwayat Ibn Yahya Ibn Yahya Ibn Yahya al Layfi. So we're just going to focus on that one and we're going to mention the number of hadiths in this one. That's why I chose this riwayah and we're going to mention how many hadiths are in this. There's 752 hadiths in that one. 852, sorry. 852 or 853? Are we all together, brothers? And if you're going to buy this copy today and you want to go to the Ma'arad and you want to buy it, this one, then buy the, the one that is, has the tahqiq of Bashar Awad Ma'roof. Bashar, Bashar Awad Ma'roof's tahqiq of this kitab is the best, two volumes. Darul Gharb is called. It's the tahqiq of who? Bashar Awad Ma'roof. His tahqiq is the best on the, the muwatta of Al-Imam Malik. Riwayat ibn Yahya ibn Yahya al-Layfi. Riwayat Yahya ibn Yahya al-Layfi. And even his one on the sharah of Ibn Abdul Bar, which is what? Al-Tamheed. That we got yesterday. That one, the best publication for it is what? Bashar Awad Ma'roof's one. I'll speak about that soon. So just keep this in mind. How many numbers did we say that hadiths are? Don't just say eight, 852. Well, it's either 53 or 52, this sweet. But don't just say it like that. You have to restrict it. You have to say based on the riwayah of Yahya ibn Yahya Layfi. Because there are other riwayat. There's the riwayah of Abdullah ibn Sallam at Al-Qa'anabi. Are we all together? We're saying this is the number based on the best one right now, which is the riwayah of Yahya ibn Yahya Layfi. Based on this one, the number is 853. I'm 852. Am I making sense? And I then said to you, as a side benefit, if you do want to buy this copy, or you do want to buy this one, then try to buy the tahqiq of Bashar Awad, Ma'roof's one. He, he worked in that book, he spent years on it. Years and years on it. He's one's the best. Try to buy, inshallah ta'ala. What about the, the station and the level in which this book holds? Number three, number four, sorry. Martabatu ahadithi. What level can we say that this hadith holds? I already said to you that Imam Shafi'i, what did he say? He said, I haven't seen under the sky a book more authentic than the book of Imam Malik. So Shafi'i said that this is the best, most authentic book. But that doesn't mean all of the hadith that are in there are what? It's what? 
It's not the most authentic book. The two most authentic book after the Quran is what? Bukhari and Muslim. وَأَوَّلُ مَنْ صَنَّفَ فِي الصَّحِيحِ مُحَمَّدٌ وَخُصَّ بِالتَّرْجِيحِ وَمُسْلِمٌ بَعْدُ وَبَعْضُ الْغَرْبِ مَعْ أَبِي عَلِيٍ فَضَّلُوا ذَا لَوْ نَفَعْ وَلَمْ يَعُمَّاهُ وَلَكِنْ قَلَّمَا عِنْدَ ابْنِ الْأَخْرَمِ مِنْهُ قَدْ فَاتَهُمَا وَرُدَّ لَكِنْ قَالَ يَحْيَى الْبَرُّ لَمْ يَفُتِ الْخَمْسَةَ إِلَّا النَّزْرُ The most authentic book after the Quran and the Sunnah is what? Bukhari and Muslim. After the Quran is Bukhari and what? It's Bukhari and Muslim. So Malik's Muatta comes after that. That's the level the scholars gave it. Are we all together? Then they disputed, is the Muatta higher than the Sunan? The fourth Sunan. Abi Dawood, Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, and Nasai. Is it higher than that? Jumhurul Ulama. The overwhelming majority of scholars, they agreed that it's not higher than three. It's not higher than Abu Dawood. The Muatta is not higher than Abu Dawood. And it's also not higher than Tirmidhi's one. And it's also not higher than what? And Nasai. Are we all together? Scholars agreed on that as well. The dispute that they came with is, and its strong view is that it's better than Ibn Majah's one. That Muwatta Malik is better than Ibn Majah. Why? Ibn Majah has one hadith which is fabricated. It's not weak, it's mawdu' masnu' A hadith that's fabricated, it's made up, a liar is in there. And that Al Imam Malik's Muwatta doesn't have that. So they said, why don't we give Muwatta Imam Malik that weight? Lakin Abu al-Fadl Tahir ibn al-Maqdisi in his kitab, his atraf, and his shurut kutub, shurut a'immati sitta, and after him, Abdul Ghani Abdul Wahid al-Maqdisi, and after him, Abu al-Hajjaj al-Mizi and after him Mughlatai and after him al-Dhahabi and after him Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani they all took the opinion that Ibn Majah's Sunan should be given more precedence to the Muatta of Imam Malik. Does that make sense? That's a side benefit that you can take with you. Um, last point which is what are the most prominent explanations that are placed on the Muatta of Imam Malik? Okay? Ibn Abdul Bar's kitab. Ibn Abdul Bar's kitab. The first one is called At Tamheed. So, two books he wrote. The first one he called it what? At Tamheed. Are we all together, brothers? What is kitab? This kitab, Tamheed, is an explanation on what? The Muwatta of Imam Malik. Who wrote it? Ibn Abdul Bar. Ibn Abdul Bar. Are we all together, brothers? Am I making sense? He authored it. The best tahqiq for this one is also what? Bashar Awad Ma'aruf's tahqiq. He placed the tahqiq on this the explanation as well. Are we all together, brothers? And the tabah is Al Furqan. They brought it out. It's 17 volumes. How many volumes? 17 volumes. The Tamheed Lakin, many people don't know this. The Tamheed, it explains the ahadith of the Prophet side. How many things did I say were in the Muatta of Imam Malik? Three things, right? 
hadith of the Prophet, aqwal wa fatawi sahaba, which was the second. And the third one, what did I say? Aqwalu tabi'in wa fatawi tabi'in. Didn't I say that? The hadith of the Prophet, the statements and the verdicts of the companions, the statements and the verdicts of the tabi'in. Ibn Abdul Bar in this kitab, at tabhid he only explains the hadith version in 17 volumes, just the hadith. And then he wrote the, uh, the next one, which is called Al Istidkar. The Istidkar, he explained the other two branches, which was what? Aqwalu Sahabati wa Fatawa Sahaba, and the Aqwalu Tabi'in and the Fatawa. Of the Tabi'in, he explained it in his Kitab al-Istidkar. It's also written by him. Does that make sense? Uh, does that make sense? As for the Istidkar, what is the best copy? I can't say that because I haven't compared the ones that I've seen. Are we all together, brothers? Like, whereas Tamheed, I compared, I looked at it, what I haven't done with al-Istidkar, so I cannot say to you this is the best copy. Are we all together? I can't say that to you. Does that make sense? With the grace of Allah Azza wa Jalla, we have taken and we've explained, Alhamdulillah, the Muwatta of Al Imam Malik. You now should have an understanding of the Muwatta. If somebody was to ask you, what is this Muwatta? What is it? Why did he call it this name? You can answer him. What is the Muwatta discuss? What does it talk about? What does it contain? You can answer that. If somebody asked you, how many narrations are in the Muwatta of Al Imam Malik? You would be able to answer that as well. Number four, if somebody was to ask you, where does the Muwatta stand in terms of the books that we see? What station or what level can we give it? You should be able to answer that. And number five, if somebody was to say to you, okay, I want to buy this book. And I also want to buy an explanation on it. What explanations would you suggest for me to go for? You can say to them, go for the Tamid. There are other explanations. There are what? Ibn al-Arabi. Al-Arabi, Al-Mu'arraf bil-Alif wal-Lam He has a sharah called Al-Qabas Which is a sharah of Muwatta al-Imam Malik But this one is the best Which one is the best? Ibn Abdul Baras Tamheed is the best And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best Anything I have said that was wrong or incorrect uh, It's from me and Shaytan And Allah and his message are free from it Subhanakallahumma bihamdik Ashadu an la ilaha illallah Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayh Hayyah, tadal 24 volumes. The istidkar is 24 volumes, the tamheed is what? 17. Yeah. How many ahadiths are in the Riyadh Salihin? 1,000 something. How long would it take somebody to memorize Riyadh Salihin? Well, it depends on the per person's time that they have, of course. And it also depends on the person's determination. But I say Riyadh Salihin can be memorized in six months. Six months program, this person can memorize it. Of course, it comes right after the Quran. The first thing a person should memorize is the book of Allah Azza wa Jalla. Then when they memorize the book of Allah, they memorize Arba'in al-Nawiyyah, the 40 hadiths of Imam al-Nawiyyah. Once they finish the memorization of Arba'un al-Nawiyyah, the person memorizes Umdatul Ahkam. 
by Abdul Ghani, Abdul Wahid Al Maqdisi. Once they finish memorizing that, then they go for Riyadh al Salihin. Once they finish memorizing Riyadh al Salihin, then they go for Bulugh al Maram in Adilat al Hakam, Ibn Hafid ibn Hajar al Asqalani. Once a person finishes Bulugh al Maram, they go for Lu'lu al Marjan, Fima Tafak Ali Shaykhan. Once he's done that, then the person goes for Bukhari, the Ahadith in Farad Abihil Bukhari, or Anil Muslim. And then he goes for the Riwa Hadith in Farad Muslim, or Anil Bukhari. And then he goes for the Zawaid Kutub al Arba'a, the additional four. Then he's memorized all Ummahat al-Sitta and all of the ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ and the main ones that he needs to know, he has memorized it. And knowledge, my beloved brothers and sisters, as Khalil ibn Ahmad al-Farahidi said, Al-ilmu ma hawahu sadru wa laysat ma hawahu al-qimitru. Al-ilmu ma hawahu sadru wa laysat ma hawahu al-qimitru. Knowledge is what's in your chest. And it's not what's in books. Knowledge is not what you carry in an iPad. That's not yours. That's something we all share. I can get an iPad and I can get those books out. The thing that a person has over others is that he's memorized this. لَن تَكُنْ حَافِظًا وَاعِيًا وَجَمْعُكَ لِلْكُتْبِ لَا يَنْفَعُهُ تَحَذَرُوا بِالْجَهْلِ فِي مَجْلِسٍ وَكُتْبُكَ فِي الْبَيْتِ مُسْتَوْدَعُهُ You're never going to be a scholar whilst you're depending on books. One of the scholars that they mentioned was that one time he was leaving and he was departing, he was going, he was leaving. And what he did was he took all of his books and he placed it on top of his riding beast and it, he lost it. And so when he lost it, what happened? This is, he was depending on it. And then he realized, I now have to what? I have to memorize this. I have to place it in a place where no one can take it away from me. Yeah? So you have to give importance to memorization. Knowledge is, look at brothers, just one benefit. Knowledge protects you, does it not? What about money? It needs you to protect it. True or false? When you learn knowledge, it gives you contentment and tranquility. Sahih? The more money that you make, you become more stressed. Where shall I invest it? I'm going to lose this money. I can't keep. Huh? Sahih? You become more stressed. Also, what did Al-Biri say? خفيف الحملي يوجد حيث كنت. Knowledge, the more it becomes, the more lighter you become in all of your affairs. The more that money becomes, the more heavier it becomes, and the fear that somebody may rob it from you is present. Who can take knowledge from you? Who can steal it from you? Yeah? Al-Biri, what did he say? He said, تَفُتُّ فُؤَادَكَ الْأَيَامُ فَتَّى وَتَنْحِتُ جِسْمَكَ السَّاعَاتُ نَحْتَى وَتَدْعُوكَ الْمَنُونُ دُعَاءَ الصِّدْقٍ أَلَا يَا صَاحِ أَنْتَ أُرِيدُ أَنْتَى أَرَاكَ تُحِبُّ عِرْسًا ذَا تَخِدِرٍ أَبَتَّ الطَّلَاقَهَ الْأَكْيَاسُ بَتَّى تَنَامُ and the thing that was most valuable for you and it meant the most for you and it could have given you everything you've turned away from it, you've left it وَلِذَلِكَ two things can't come together giving so much importance to the dunya and wanting to gain a lot of knowledge they don't go together if you want to go for knowledge you just have to take from the dunya enough to survive enough to straighten your back. Remember when you get hungry, what happens to your back? 
You start going in. All that you get from money is to straighten your back and straighten your family's back. And then, inshallah ta'ala, there's going to be. Because Allah says in the Quran, مَا جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِرَجُلِ مِنْ قَلْبَيْنِ Allah did not place in your heart or in your chest two hearts. You can't give the dunya 100% and then give the religion 100%. Are we together? Walidarika, some of the scholars, what they did was they chose not to get married. Just gain knowledge, some of them. Ah. There's a kitab called Al Ulama Al Uzab Al Ladina Atharu Al Ilma Al Zawaj. It's a book. Scholars who chose not to get married. What did they choose? They chose knowledge over. It's funny because Al Imam Nawi, when he was dying, they said that his sister came to him and she was on his deathbed and she was giving him food. She used to, while he used to write, his sister would crumble the bread for him and she would put it in his mouth. And so when he was dying, she said, I, I'm sad that you're going to leave me and you haven't left any offspring behind. And Nawi died at the age of what, 45? She, she, she said, Why didn't you get married? Why did you not get married? Al Imam al Nawi said, I forgot. <laughs> and if I was to remember, maybe I might have got married. Are you with me, brothers? Allah, he said, I forgot. Uh, when we're 16, 17, that's the first thing we're talking about. Yeah. That's how it was, subhanAllah. Not that I'm saying stay away from marriage. No, the Prophet's sunnah is to get married. Don't get me wrong. Huh? The sunnah is to get married, inshallah ta'ala, and to have children. But what I'm trying to say is that they were so strong, strong in their passion of gaining knowledge. Are we all together? And it just blocked off everything for them. Blocked everything for them. And it put them towards that path. So I'm saying to you, don't do all of that. Just a little bit, inshallah ta'ala. Hey, inshallah ta'ala, we'll stop there. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumullahu khairan.